You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. This is episode 120. My guest today is Kyle Roof, an American living in Thailand, best known for his SEO skills. He's been dedicating his life to help business owners and marketers overcome common SEO challenges using scientifically proven white hat SEO methods. He's the inventor of Page Optimizer Pro, which is based on more than 400 scientific tests he has conducted. Over the years, Kyle has developed and fine-tuned a method to test whether single variables are ranking factors in Google's algorithm. This method was officially granted a patent in January 2020, validating Carl's techniques and distinguishing him from other SEO professionals. Kyle is also the co-founder of Internet Marketing Gold, a global community of 3,000 plus SEO professionals who test and prove cutting-edge SEO techniques. Kyle's SEO techniques and discoveries are followed by many SEO professionals and business leaders. He's been featured in many respected publications and is a regular speaker on SEO and SEO testing at conferences throughout the world. And now is featured on interviews cracking the entrepreneurship code. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. Thank you very much for joining me. This is certainly the high of the entire list. This is the highlight right here. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so something <laughs> tells me we're going to talk about SEO. <laughs> we can. We can definitely do that if you'd like. But before that, can you tell us a bit about your journey becoming an entrepreneur? Because I also know that you also sold your previous company. That's right. Yeah, we sold the agency just um, just a few months ago. Not that long ago. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, and I, I've told my story a few times, but something that occurred to me, um, when you're thinking about kind of the entrepreneurial journey, I, I don't think I've ever had a real job. Like I I've had like job jobs when I was a student, you know, where I worked uh, at a coffee shop or I waited a lot of tables. I, I bartended and I had those jobs and they were all kind of through school, but getting out of school, uh, after university, I went to law school and I, I became a lawyer. But even then, like I had the really unique opportunity where my father was a, a, an attorney and he had his own practice. Uh, he was a solo practitioner. And he said, you know, you know, you can rent the office next to me and, and I'll help you out. And so kind of from day one, in terms of like, okay, now I'm out of school and I'm going to start working. I kind of became an entrepreneur. Like right. I instantly started my own business and just kind of hung out my shingles. Like now I'm a lawyer. And like, People can come in. So it's kind of funny. Like, I think I think I was built to be an entrepreneur just from the start because I don't really know how to work for somebody else. And I can't imagine doing that. And um, even after lawyer, I took a, a, a short break. Um, I was really burnt out uh, practicing law and just kind of took a little break. And uh, I mean, in that break, I immediately started another business, mm -hmm. you know, like, like where I was just I'm working just to kind of take some time off. And then that business uh, uh, turned into, you know, I, I've got all these guys that can do web development, started a web development company. 
And then that company turned into doing a digital marketing company, or at least kind of like kind of transitioning to that. And that's kind of where then I met my business partner, uh, Andy Steven. And um, from there, then we started uh, High Voltage SEO, which is the SEO agency that we were able to have an exit from. And that was um, about eight, nine years ago, nine years ago or so. Right. Uh, and that, it was kind of like in that journey, I realized like, like you think about like your entrepreneurial journey, I realized I don't, it was just the journey. It, it yeah. wasn't anything like a, an entrepreneurial journey. It was just, this is what I've done my entire life or my entire professional life. It's funny how many entrepreneurs, if not most of them say they never had a, had a job, but being an entrepreneur is a job. <laughs> It's the most yeah. difficult job I know. <laughs> and it's actually worse. Like, you know, if when you're working uh, a, a nine to five or even just like a, you know, waiting tables or working in the restaurant industry, you have weird hours. But even yeah. still, like, you know, you show up and then when you leave, the job stays at the job. You know, it it, it stays there. The the problem being an entrepreneur, like, oh, you work for yourself, but also you work 24 hours a day. You know, as soon as <laughs> as soon as you wake up, you're you're literally on your phone or you're on your computer doing something and you basically take it. I mean, right now it's my 9 p.m. at night. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's just how it goes. You know, that's that's when you work and that's when you do those things. Yeah, there's a lot of thinking also involved. Um, for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. So tell me, uh, you created high, high Voltage SEO uh, like back in 2014. Have you, it, it went well <laughs> because, okay. because you exited. Did okay, yeah. Was that the plan from the beginning to exit? It was, um, and you know, when I when I paired up with my my business partner Andy, something that we talked about uh, was that we didn't want this to be our forever job. Mm. You know, the idea was we didn't want this to be like, okay, we'll we'll start this business and then we'll run it for you know thirty years and then retire. That that wasn't the plan. The plan was, all right, we want to invest in this and we want to do this, and the idea is that we want to get out of it. I can tell you though, I didn't think that was possible. Right. I, I really didn't think you could sell an agency and we definitely had our beginning of the company type issues, right? As you, as you start a company, you're trying to figure that out. But then a couple of years before we decided, when we actually listed the company, uh, Andy kind of came up with this mantra of um, does this lead to the sale? So we decided like when we're looking at something, should we do this or that? You know, or should we do this or should we spend money on this thing? We kind of came back to a default idea of like, does this lead to a sale? You know, if we have to justify this decision to somebody else from the outside, would they like this decision? Because when you're running your own business, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, you, you're only justifying to yourself, you know, or, or, or your business partners. But it's a whole other thing when somebody from the outside looking in is going to evaluate that decision. And so we kind of this mantra, does this lead to the sale? And Again, I still at that point didn't think we would be able to sell uh, an agency. I mean, because you think at the end of the day, you're just buying a book. You know, you're mm -hmm. buying the the client list more more often than not. And I was thinking, you know, most people just think they could just do the marketing. But then that's what led us into how to actually sell this sort of thing. Because you know, do we have IP? Uh, do we have? Uh, is it turnkey? You know, because uh, you know, when you have a service based industry. Um, something that I realized was can, if I were to step away or Andy were to step away for six months, does the company maintain and not just maintain, doesn't possibly grow. And that's actually then we started to build within, within our agency to get to that point that we could both actually step away and the company would actually grow. And what that means is that if somebody buys us, they can step in and they know that the company is still going to succeed. 
You know, and that, that was a big thing because usually in kind of service-based industries, it's usually around a particular person. It's, you know, their, their expertise or, or they're kind of like the, the, the driving force of the company. And then without them, there really isn't a company. And so then we started to replace ourselves within this company so that we could actually step away from it and somebody could step in and then they could, they could see that the, the company would still move, have that upper trajectory that we, that we had as, as we were in that process of selling. That's interesting. So basically what you're saying is that you turn the, pro the company into a product and mm -hmm. that, that is the product that you would sell to potential to potential buyers the same way the same way you would sell like a you know a normal product <laughs> or a service yeah, well, yeah. To, to consumers. Well, because we had like, for example, one example is we got a sales team and, yeah. and that's hard to do. You know, for a small company, it's hard to figure out how to run a sales team. But the big idea was somebody might have heard my name, you know, they might have seen me speak or they might have seen a podcast or a YouTube show. But when they come into the company, I don't talk to them. You know, they go right into the sales team and the sales team sells them. And I'm not part of that process at all. And they don't have that expectation that they're going to, that I'm going to be servicing uh, their their project. Yeah. And that's huge. That's that's absolutely huge. Because that means when somebody comes in and, and buys the company, they know that you're not, all these clients aren't like, where did Kyle go? Or where did Andy go? You know, the, yeah. because we aren't, we aren't part of that process whatsoever. And then once they're sold, then they have an account manager. And again, that's not anything that I'm doing at that point. You know, they, they have their account, they have a senior account manager and a junior account manager, and they've got different teams they are working on stuff. Uh, but I'm not involved in that process either. So again, if I'm not there, then they'll be like, hey, where did Kyle just disappear? That that wasn't part of it at all. But that's what we realized we had to set up to create something that could be sold. So yeah, that, so you know, that these structures are in place and we have these clients. There's a way to get these clients. There's a way to close the clients and there's a way to service the clients that I'm not, you know, touching every day. So you were removing the bottlenecks, you guys. Exactly right. <laughs> and I can tell you, you know, one of the huge, one of the biggest bottlenecks that we had in the company was um, in hiring. Mm -hmm. And uh, they fired me from hiring. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you are bad at this. <laughs> you should not, you know, and I was like, I, you know, suggest a few people and they really didn't pan out that well. And, and um, the team that was really involved in the hiring, like you can't suggest anyone. In fact, we're not going to tell you anymore. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> we need to, you should not be involved in this process. And it's true. You know, I, I'm bad at that. And that wasn't, that's not my skill set. And, um, but that, that's, you know, those things you have to identify, like, one, it's removing yourself from things, and and then yeah. that's what's that's really what scale is, right? You know, removing yourself from something and bringing somebody else, and that's that's how you can scale. Uh, but the other thing too, like, is also finding out what you're not good at, and and really removing yourself from that, and then and that is a massive bottleneck. And uh, yeah. we are we are way better company that I'm not involved in the hiring process. Was it difficult to do removing yourself? Yeah, well, the the initial thing that you think is that you're the only one that can do it. Yeah. You know, you think, like, well, I'm so good at this thing. I'm the only one that could possibly do this sort of thing. And that's that's a complete fallacy. Um, really, you might be doing 10 things. And then as you step away, that's not one person taking those 10 things. That's maybe one, you know, five people taking two, right? And what happens is when people focus on those small little aspects, they end up doing it better because they're completely focused on those things. They don't have the other distractions. They end up become experts in those smaller parts of what you were doing. And all usually, uh, especially if you've got the right support system, they'll end up doing it better than you ever did because they're just focused on those things. Again, with like the hiring, for example, like you have somebody that that's their job, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're really focused on how to do HR 
and how to bring in the right candidates and then how to nurture them and grow them. Like you're, they're going to do it better than you ever could because you have so many other things to worry about. And so that kind of thing for sure, very hard to do. But then once you can figure out how to do that, then um, you're really poised for a lot of success. Yeah. So uh, keys to success, like to selling the company is removing yourself from operations, uh, building, building something that goes behind yourself, building a product. What what are the what are the factors uh, could you identify, uh, you know, towards your success? Your SOPs, you know, SOPs. It, it really it really has to be that. Um, let's say you lose somebody, you know, you have an employee that leaves. They can't be the thing that brings the company down. You know, the, the basically anything that they're doing has to be in such a, a set of, in an SOP that really a well trained Yorkie. You know, kind of dog could come in and do it, you know, mm-hmm. and be somewhat successful. Like you have to have it so laid out for any task, anything within the company that somebody could just come in and do it. And that goes for not just maybe the service you're providing. And so in our case, SEO, but also how do you hire? How do you fire? How do you do this or that? Like all those things really need SOPs. And the more things that you have that are really tight in, in your SOPs, the, the better it is or the better chance you have of selling that particular business. Yeah. And so what about the product? Or the service, because at the end of the day, you were selling SEO. And I guess, you know, what's the difference between an SEO agency and another SEO agency? Well, for us, you had to, you have to productize your service. Yeah. So um, basically what we identified is there, there were a certain number of things that we would do for a, for a campaign. Let's say there are 70 things we might do uh, for each one of those things that it became that thing. And we had a name for it. And we had uh, a whole process for it. So then when it came down to then, you know, for the particular month with a client, we're like, okay, we're going to hear your goals. This is what we think we should do. And we could say from our product list, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And that's, that's our suggestion as, as professionals. If a client would come in and say, oh, I heard about this new thing and I want to do this. We would say, we aren't, we're not going to do that. Mm. You know, that's, that, that isn't one of our products. Basically you're choosing from this menu and, and that's what we're going to do. And we're not going to go outside of that. And usually uh, we've never really had it in the middle of, of a project where that's an issue. It always starts. It's at the beginning where somebody's like, I want to do this thing and this thing and that thing. And like, we're, we're not a good fit because we don't do those things. You know, we do what's what's on the menu here, essentially. And what that does for you, though, is that you're not then reinventing the wheel every time you're bringing on a new client. You know, you pre-sell them and say, like, these are the things that we do. This is our approach. This is our strategy. So, you know when you have a particular problem or a particular goal or whatever you might, these are the things that we're going to advocate for. And so if you have a problem with that now, you're going to have a problem with it later. So they have to um, really like what we're talking about at the beginning point uh, at the beginning stages. And then as you go forward, then no, you're good at that point. You know, we'd say like, this is our approach. This is how we're going to do it. Right. So let's stay on the Um, subject of SEO. Yeah. Um, like, like I mentioned, you, you invented uh, Page Optimizer Pro, which is based on more than 400 scientific tests that you conducted. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of tests. Um, what are the critical SEO uh, things that entrepreneurs should know that nobody else is, is telling them? Well, so I started doing uh, scientific tests in 2015. Uh, like... And I started doing it because I realized, it's like, uh, you know, when you search, like, should I do this in SEO? Yeah. And you get like three yeses, three noes, and three maybes. And I was like, that's pretty miserable. 
right? That's not a way to, and then I was like, oh, you know what's happening? They're not sharing this information because they're just doing these tests on their own sites and they're figuring it out. So then I started kind of running my own sites and, um, and running my own tests. But what I realized is that uh, there are certain places that Google is looking at a web page for terms. And it's doing that one to understand the page and then two, do I like this page? So kind mm -hmm. of understanding is indexing and do I like it is ranking. And it's looking at very specific places and these places are not equal. Some of the places on the page are more important than others. So the top four places to put a keyword are in the URL, in the page title, the title tag, mm -hmm. in the H1, that's the title that is on the page, and then in paragraph tags, P tags. Those are the top four places to put a keyword. And for a lot of terms, if you just put your keyword in those four places, you can win. Mm. Really, it is a, it, that is a huge part of SEO. Don't overthink it. Don't try to out-clever Google. Don't try to out-clever your opponents. It, it, it's, it's putting the keyword in those four places, and you've probably done 60% of SEO right there. And that's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about because they want SEO to be this mystical, magical thing. You know, they, you have to sprinkle you know, pixie dust on it and then, you know, pray to some certain SEO gods in order to get the results you want, but that's not really it at all. And um, I've been testing this since 2015 through all of the updates, through all the fun things you've seen. And what about Bert and Mum and Hummingbird and all these things you might hear about. And it's still at the end of the day, those are the top four places. Right. You need to get a keyword into those things and you will do really, really well in SEO. Right. So how do you come up with the keywords then? Well, when you think about a target page, like a page you want to show up in Google for a particular term, you probably know what the main concept of that page should be. It's usually the term that you like and your competitors like. And that would be what we call like a, a primary keyword, or like the main concept of the page. And it's an important concept to understand, though, you may never win that term. And that's totally okay. Mm. You know, you might be a smaller player and you might be going up and it's huge, huge, and huge. And that's okay. You should still do that page because if you properly optimize for a primary keyword, you can win secondary keywords. Those are keywords that are very closely related to that primary. And often a page can be very successful. It can rank for hundreds, if not thousands of terms that are related to that primary term. And you can have a page that gets a ton of traffic and is getting the right type of traffic and can convert. Uh, uh, but you never win that primary term. But a lot of people get very myopic. You know, they, they just, uh, uh, I put, I'm trying to rank for this term and I'm trying to put it in and I've got it in Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush and like, I'm not really ranking that well, but there are all these other terms you're, you're doing very well for. So the thing is like a, a page should be after a primary keyword, kind of the main topic, but don't worry about that too much if it's a really difficult term, because you can create pages that can rank for so much more and those can be very, very successful. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, there you go. Because <laughs> my, my primary keyword is entrepreneur coaching, but it's a very difficult. Very That's difficult an impossible word. term, right? Yeah. 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 That's okay. That's okay. You should still have that page. Yes. So something, something that people ask, like, that's a that's a hard term. I might never win it. Should I still have the page? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you should properly optimize for that term. So you should have a page that you use a particular tool on it and, and you're really focused on and you have a strategy around winning that term, knowing that you might not ever win it because, you know, a good page has sections, right? And those little sections on the page should be H2s, subheading yeah. uh, type thing. Within those H2s are probably longer tail keywords that are around your target term. And those are usually very good. 
And those are usually like um, transactional keywords, you know, uh, the kind of keywords that somebody comes in and they might convert in a particular way. And you can win those uh, uh, even if you're not winning that primary, that primary term, but you still need to optimize the page for that term to win those secondary terms. I think also understand why make you successful. It's because you keep it simple. I understand everything you said. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I try. I try. It's a, it's yeah. like you said. It's such such a it can be such a technical uh, domain, and mm. you you hear a lot of uh, gibberish about it. It's 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 like people uh, make it you know make it a mission to lose you. <laughs> you know sometimes you know sometimes people are not effective communicators, but other times I think people don't quite understand what they're talking about, and so they make it a little more challenging than it needs to be. Right. Just to just to sound smart. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, like you know, oh, you didn't understand me. Well, you must not get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. So, what does uh, Page Optimizer Pro do? So, uh, at a very basic level, uh, you put in your page, mm. and then uh, we pull your competitors, and and then we do edge analysis. And the idea is there's um, to to give you numbers of terms you need on the page in order to beat your competitors. Um, what you'll find as you go through SEO and you become more proficient in SEO is that what you need to win a particular keyword, it changes keyword to keyword and it changes niche to niche. You know, not all of the SERPs, you know, the pages that appear in Google are the same and they don't require the same types of things. And so while there are different areas that you do need to check and those remain the same, but the amount of times you need terms in those areas that changes keyword to keyword. So what, what pop does is it helps you with the math essentially, um, right. how many times you need certain terms in certain places, not just to rank well, but to actually beat your competitors. And that that's the what, what POP provides. And how is it different from the previous agency? High voltage SEO. Well, what's fun is that the reason that POP exists is because of the agency. We were doing this math in the agency by hand. Oh, and really? we're like, wow. And we're okay. like, this is terrible. We need to stop doing this immediately. Good, but um, but we had a lot of success. And then we realized we can write scripts for this. And initially we were just doing Google Sheet scripts within the agency. And uh, it just kind of grew and grew. And I showed some people like, would you like this? Would this does this make sense to you? And they're like, Well, I would love that. That's great. And so it kind of went from hand to uh, Google Sheets to Google Sheet scripts, then to Python. And then we were able to create a SaaS tool out of basically what we were doing inside the agency. So would you say would you say is like like a byproduct of of the agency? An iteration? It's an iteration. It's an iteration. Yeah. Um, something that I've realized is that the best way to make money, you know, is to find the you you push the button and you make money. You know that that's that's the thing. You you find the and you should just continue push that button. And then if you want to grow, then the idea is not to like find something entirely new, but then to iterate, mm. you know, find a portion of that, a, a small component of it that you can compartmentalize and then start pushing that button as well. And that's really what pop is. Like, you know, uh, page optimizer pro is the math side of what we we're doing in the agency. And we could kind of compartmentalize that out and offer that as a completely separate product or completely separate services. Like this is the math that we're doing here and it's, it's successful because we're doing very good SEO and then you can have this as well. Right. So what do you want to do with this business? I mean, what do you want to take it? Well, I want to sell. 
Oh, you want to sell again? <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will take cash. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely. I think our three-year plan um, this year, uh, like in looking at our dev schedule, we have one major um, feature to add, and it's kind of like there. There are probably like six little small components, but we're looking at it personally, uh, internally as like one major feature. And once that major feature is in, I don't think we're going to build any more other features. We'll continue to improve the features that we have yeah. and grow those, but I don't think we're going to have anything new because the real focus is to be an on-page tool. Like we don't want to be uh, uh, an SEM rush or an Ahrefs or a Moz or something like that. They're really comprehensive. We are solely focused on doing your on-page better and that that's all that we want to do. And so I think we will have kind of our full suite of features for on-page SEO. And then after that, we just want to uh, grow those features and improve those features. But once we can kind of get out of the development stage uh, and then really focus on what we have, I think then we can really aim for growth because we don't really do too much marketing right now. We can take that development money and kind of put that into marketing and really grow our user base much, much higher. And then once you're growing your user base, that gives you an opportunity for an exit. That's kind of our basically our three-year plan. Okay. So do you know what you're going to do after? I hope nothing. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> I hope the exit is good enough that I can worry about that problem. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the hope. I want a really nice exit and maybe um, I'll figure that out. But, you know, then I still have the courses. So I teach SEO. Mm. I still have my course. That's in Internet Marketing Gold, which is kind of a separate project. I think the goal would be to just kind of focus on that, which would be really great. Yeah, that's what all entrepreneurs who exit, they say, I, would, I hope I would do nothing, but they can't. <laughs> no, we can't turn our brains off, right? <laughs> it's very, it's very difficult it. to do nothing as an entrepreneur, just to yeah, enjoy, I'm sure. you know, the, the, the journey where you are now. I um, would like that problem, though, you know, I would like to solve that problem. Yeah, that yeah. No, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I want to see how I want to see the one. I want to see that. Hey, I can hook you up with uh, one of my clients. He used to be he used to be a uh, uh, he was a uh, a guest on my podcast. He sold his business for uh, uh, three hundred million pounds, like in October. Oh, yes. And, I'm not there. And he has a. Uh, you know, now he's, he's thinking about okay, so what now? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not that big. But that that's a that's a nice exit right there. <laughs> yes, yes, a lot of it was a lot of work. Um, talking about entrepreneurship, what are the key lessons you've learned being an entrepreneur? Mm. Um, one thing I learned uh, that stuck with me is like, don't stop people from giving you money. <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, I think we often try to like limit. Um, well. I've found that there's somebody that always wants to pay the most, mm. you know, they, there, there's always somebody that wants to pay them the maximum, whatever it is, even if they don't use it, they just see like, that's the highest thing you got. I will pay. It. And then what that means is the only reason you didn't get any more money is because you limited whatever your top offer was or your top thing was, because there will always be somebody that will pay for it. So um, don't limit the opportunity for people to give you more money has been a pretty big lesson. And and we're even learning that today because I realized I looked at our top plan. I was like, you know, we could probably do a much larger enterprise plan and a, and a few people for sure will buy it. And that's actually something that we're working on is, is creating more enterprise product for 
um, large scale agencies or uh, in-house SEOs for very large companies because we don't really have that as an offer. And it occurred to me, mm. like, why don't we? You know, we our, our our highest package is like $120 a month. I was like, we should have a, a 500 and we should have a thousand dollar product because why stop people from giving you that kind of money? Because I know they will. And so um, that's that's been a massive lesson. Don't stop people from giving you money. Give them the, the give them the opportunity to pay you uh, the most that they want to pay. That's a good one. Difficult, a difficult one, especially when you're in a in a service industry. Because you know yeah. how valuable are you? Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Any anything else? Uh, anything you learn about one. yourself? Myself. Um, so I am bad at marketing. <laughs> I, I am a I am a marketer, and I'm good. So we at already know you're bad. You're bad at hiring. So now you're also. That's bad right. At I'm terrible at hiring, <laughs> and, I'm, and I, I almost don't consider myself a marketer. I, I'm in marketing. Yeah. I I do SEO and I, I teach it, and um, but I don't know that I am an actual marketer. My business partner is, you know, and we do um, we only do SEO client side, right? But um, uh, for our own company, we have Facebook ads and we have Google ads and we have this type of social media campaign and we have that kind of campaign. Um, but that's really overseen by my business partner because he is an actual marketer mm. and he's able to market our company. And so like, I know that I'm terrible at that. I am really good at putting an SEO strategy together. I'm really good at kind of connecting dots and kind of getting from here to there and, and doing that. And that's, that's my specialty and having my business partners kind of allowed me to do those types of things where I can I can excel and then also help create products that can can be of a, a, a really good service to uh, our, our clients. <laughs> like I, the marketing side of it, they're like, "What do you think of this campaign?" And I'm always just like, "Sure, you know, like, <laughs> yeah." It doesn't matter if I think it's good or not. Like you know, my opinion really is not going to impact any so, of that. So the lesson, <laughs> nor, I, nor should it. Yes. So the the lesson I hear is here is. Um, Understand your strengths and weaknesses. Leverage your yeah. strengths. Forget about your weaknesses. <laughs> Get somebody else that's good at it. Yeah. You know, there's probably somebody else that's good at it. And and I mean, even when it comes down to like the color scheme of the website or like graphics, I'm bad at that. They're like, do you like this or that? I'm like, I don't know. Like at this point, I realize it, uh, my choice is not the right choice for mm. for any of that. So I really. They, they very graciously, the marketing team will show me things. And I know they're just doing that to be kind. Mm, right. <laughs> like this, yeah, like, like, hey, this is what we're going to. I was like, guys, it's great. Just go with what you want to go with. But, but, uh, but again, you know, you, you said you said that twice now. You talk about hiring. You talk about you talk about uh, marketing. So you seem to know you seem to know yourself very well. And you seem to be very humble about it. Well, that's taking years. Me. That's taken years years of being wrong, probably, right? Uh, It takes a while to realize that now I'm just not good at this. This is, you know, you're right. You know, like, like being able to say, like, no, you are correct. I I shouldn't be working on this at all. But that takes a long time. I don't, I don't know that it, I don't know that by nature, I'm a humble person. I I walk into a room, I assume I'm the smartest person there. Mm. (laughs) I just, I think that's, that's who I am because I'm arrogant that way. But Mm. um, I do think once if you can acknowledge your mistakes, right. And you can acknowledge that somebody else can do it better. I'm sure you're going to put yourself in a better situation. How did you learn it? When did you realize that it was time to do something about it? Probably when people are yelling at you. 
<laughs> like and just like like pointing out like you're, you're doing this badly and you're like yeah you're right i am and uh yeah so you probably have to have somebody else tell you and but you have to be able to receive it i guess you, know, you have to be able to receive that information and, and not get too hot about it because it's easy to get defensive right yeah when somebody tells you you're not good it's only easy to get super defensive and yeah. uh, try to justify this or that and i can tell you you'll save yourself some time if you can acknowledge it and graciously accept it and and then figure out a process where you know you're not involved in it or somebody else is responsible for it mm. so coming back to the standard operating procedures you were you were talking about earlier on well yeah you know so in that situation um a really good thing to do is like you don't necessarily you like you personally don't need to do all the sops if you have somebody that's doing a particular job have them do the sop you know, they're, they're the ones working in it. And then you can come in, obviously, with your expertise and your knowledge and your experience, and you can tweak it. But it's it's usually a lot better to have the person that's actually doing the thing do the SOP. You know, and then you can maybe you can might be able to see some gaps in it, but it's, it's better to have them do it and you tweak rather than you try to do it and then force them to do something that they know is incorrect or is not as efficient or not as as good as it could be. Mm. Okay. Um I want to ask you a question. You moved to Thailand recently, or yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Was that recent? I, for, I forgot. I've been here um, just a shade over two years. Right, two years. Why? Well, what's so I'm in I'm in Chiang Mai, and mm -hmm. Chiang Mai is a small little city that's all the way up in the north, and um, there are like these little mountains. There's a little river coming. We're in a valley. It's a small city, and it's not exactly what people think of uh, when they think of Thailand. But what's amazing about this little town is that. Uh, it's hard to throw a rock and not hit a high level digital marketer. Really? Um, <laughs> like, there is a disproportionate amount of people here that are very high level SEOs and digital marketers. And this community is absolutely amazing. So uh, like on the SEO scene, we do weekly meetups. Um, we do quarterly masterminds and you have this stretch of people like, you know, where people are doing million dollar exits and then mm -hmm. you have people that are, you know, making $500 a month. And this community kind of comes together where um, we want you to grow. We want you to succeed. We want you to kind of, where whatever level you're at, we want you to level up. And this community is built for that. It's just this abundance mentality where if you come in, if you plug in, if you plug in and, and you're involved, there are people here that want to help you, you know, that want to see your success. And that's, it's an amazing thing. And I can't imagine at least in the industry that I'm in being anywhere else, just because this community is second to none. I didn't know that about uh, Chiang Mai. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, you, like have, you have to do it. You can't just like show up and be like, all right, Chiang Mai, just give me, <laughs> like, you need to be present, you need to be active. But the, the people that are, I, I think, um, yeah, it can't be beat. All right. So now take all your experience. What is the one recommendation that would that you would give to other entrepreneurs or startup funders out there? My standard sage advice is, yes. um, um, it is, uh, yeah, uh, think about what you want. You know, think about that thing, and then go to there. You know, go to where that is. Uh, I think a lot of people think about what they want and then they worry about it. And, you know, it's, it's on their mind, but they don't actually physically do anything about it. And mm. so um, I think you're much better off 
going to where that thing is. So like uh, in an example, like, well, for me, this is actually, I wanted to be around people that were really successful in SEO and that were having huge exits and we're doing million dollar exits. And I knew I wanted to do that. And I, I realized I need to be around that. And I was like, Chiang Mai is where I need to go. And so I, I packed up out of the United States and my family and I, we moved here with that idea that we're going to get here and we're going to have a huge exit. Like that was the goal. And I knew if I got to people that were doing that type of thing, I could, you know, engage with them, figure out how they're doing that. And, and, and that, that's really what happened. That was a big part of, of moving here. But let's, let's even say like you want clients or you want people to buy your product or your or Where are they? Mm. You know, like where, where actually are they? And then go there, you know, go to where they actually are and be present and be helpful and, and be somebody that's always on their mind. Because at the end of the day, when people are making decisions on partnerships or JVs or um, even like services or products, the person or people they will go to first are the ones around them. Mm-hmm. You know, and if like, you know, if this person hears that, that's that a friend of somebody needs a particular service, they're going to recommend yours first if you're around them. Yeah. You know, and so in order to get that recommendation, in order to get that partnership, in order to get that JV, you need to be the one that's on their mind. And so you need to physically go to where they are and be present in that area. And you don't have to be the expert in the room. You don't have to be, you know, anything super crazy. You just have to be present and you have to be there and, and part of it. And if you're doing that, you will have a lot of, it'll give you the best chance for any kind of success or, you know, any kind of life change you want or any kind of business you want. Like if you're there and present where it's happening, you can, you have, you have the best chance of getting it. It's an interesting comment, especially at a time where we have moved into more uh, online uh, communities. Yeah. You can do it online too, for sure. Um, but you know, like maybe there's a particular Facebook group where everyone you want to be friends with, you know, or they might be really, maybe they're there. Are you present there? Are you answering questions? Are you helping, um, organize their online events? Mm-hmm. You know, are you helping screen the the new members? Are you participating in some way? Or are you just kind of lurking? You know, like lurkers, you know, you're not going to get anything out of that. You're not going to get the recommendation, but the people that are active and and present there they're the ones and then if you think about like even like in a, in a physical sense you know uh getting the ice for an event sucks <laughs> you know if you're the person like i'll go get the ice you know I'll, I'll make a run and get you know the sodas you know for the thing like that person then gets elevated within the group because they know you're you're just helping and so you didn't have to do anything spectacular other than just being involved and then once somebody's like oh i need this person like oh hey you know Kyle does that. <laughs> like, why don't you talk to him? And and that only just became because you were the the person that went and got the ice and the sodas for the event. That that's how that's how that works. And so wherever it is, even if it's an online setting, be press, be helpful. You know, be active in it. Uh, and even if it's just in an admin kind of capacity, that's that's wonderful. And that'll that'll really propel you um, and give you the best chance. Amazing recommendation. I completely agree with you. Last question. Right. <laughs> How can people contact you? Uh, the easiest thing, uh, kyleroof.com. That's the easiest one. Kyleroof.com. All my stuff's there. They can go there and they can see like my software and my courses and stuff like that. That's all there. Excellent. Thank you, Kyle, for being my guest today. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Cool. And thank you for listening. 
interviews cracking the entrepreneurship code is available on all your favorite podcast platforms subscribe now so you don't miss any episodes see you next time